Hi, welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. You know, I love to facilitate personal awakening and transformation. I do it in my coaching work, as a holistic practitioner, in my events, and since 2012 on this show as well. You can listen to Exploring Possibilities on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play, where you can subscribe and rate us too, so others will find us. You'll also find our shows and a lot of other goodies at journeyofpossibilities.com. We'll continue with today's show in just a moment. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. (laughs) The funny part is you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate Geek to English for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with TechLifeBalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, The Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook and audiobook formats the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers all proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide A couple of things you may want to check out on our website tomorrow online, the Souls Compass Summit. It's a free masterclass, 21 experts, including yours truly. We're all sharing our insights and free gifts to help you be your own healer, step into your personal power and authentically create life on your own terms. And if you're in the greater Houston area, coming up April 21st, join Rosemary Slade and I in the Woodlands for The Language of Manifestation, Exploring Our Shadows and Stories. We'll discover and break free from patterns that no longer serve you so you can create more of what you really want. Details on those and other events at journeyofpossibilities.com. Just click the events tab. Now on with the show. Brenda Rivas is unconditionally committed to helping women transcend dissatisfaction with self and achieve a state of fulfillment she calls soul happiness. Her work is a divine integration of research-based happiness principles and spiritual practices. You can learn more about Brenda and her heartfelt approach to living as your most fulfilled self by visiting EssentiallySoulHappy.com and by our show today because she's joining us. Hi, Brenda. 
Hi there. <laughs> Thanks for taking time. I know you're getting ready to do some things. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's an honor to be here with you and share space with you and your audience. So thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I have the advantage of knowing a little bit about you that our audience doesn't. So I'd like to start by inviting you to tell us kind of what inspired you to move into the space that you're operating in now in terms of as a woman and in your business. Tell me a little about your background. Well, thank you so much for asking. You know, truth be told, um, this whole concept, this idea, this energy of being soul happy is something that came through for me because it's what I needed the most. Um, for most of my life, I made decisions based on what other people felt um, I needed to be doing, what other people felt was best for me. And so I, I lived my life from a place of uh, letting others direct my life versus, you know, going within and finding my own answers. And, you know, when you do that consistently for for a long time, you end up creating a life that feels nothing like yours. Um, you end up living, you know, in in a way where um, you just you look at your life like it's not even your own. And so um, and that's how I lived for uh, for a really long time. I made some really poor choices um, that were guided by others. And then, of course, I turned around and blamed everybody else. Right. <laughs> because none of this was my fault. Right. I listened to advice. I did what other people thought I should be doing. And then when it didn't work out or I didn't feel um, right in in my skin, I had an excuse to blame other people. So um, that's just language for being the victim, right? And so I was masterful at this idea of uh, being the victim, right? I lived in victimhood for a very long time. And so I would look at other people and just um, see the amazing lives that they had created. And somewhere along the way, Cheryl, I pretty much, right? I don't think it was um, consciously, but I pretty much decided that they were lucky and I just wasn't. They were born into the right family and I just wasn't. And they didn't have a dysfunctional family the way that I did. <laughs> and, you know, and so on and so on. And so I convinced myself that, you know, everyone else could create a beautiful life, um, a fulfilled life. And that just was not going to be my story. And so there you go. <laughs> that was well, a, a huge setup. <laughs> you know, I've done a lot of that too. I'm curious because I feel like we really connect through our shared pathways. So what did victimhood look like for you? What? Wh how do uh, I know if I'm looking at life that way? If I'm a victim, what did that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, it's, you know, when you have a decision to make, you ask other people. Instead of, you know, going within and connecting with source or whatever it is that you relate to and asking for guidance and then allowing yourself to be guided. And so for me, you know, if I had, listen, anything from a minor to a major decision, if I had to decide something, I would just pick up the phone and call people. You know, whether it be my mother or a friend or a neighbor, what do you think I should do? Like, that was my biggest question to everyone, right? What do you think I should do about this? And so um, I would get lots of different opinions and then I would do what everyone else thought I should be doing. And then, of course, you know, I wouldn't be happy with my decision and then I could blame other people. So it was never <laughs> 
Brenda's fault ever. <laughs> mm. Well, you know what you're t- describing. A lot of women do. We call it networking and being social. We we sit around with our girlfriends and, and solve each other's problems, but none of us solve our own problems. Isn't it funny how we do that? That is so true. You're completely right about that. And I and, and it's almost to a certain extent, like it's, it's what you said. I think we're in a way we're taught. That's the pattern that we're taught. Um, but I have to say of all of the different levels of healing and awarenesses that I've had in my life, that has been the biggest one is being able to just turn within and just really check in with myself. And, and along with that too, you know, I've given myself permission to take time making a decision, right? So in the past, I I was also very reactive and I would uh, make decisions very quickly and very rashly and without really, you know, collecting my thoughts. And so now, um, you know, I navigate through decisions in a much more different way, much more calmer, much more uh, retrospective. Sometimes I'll write about um, and just, you know, have a conversation with source and really align with what my answers are. And so um, that's been really different for me as well, because I was just used to being very reactive and making decisions um, very quickly. And then, of course, you know, same result again, just not feeling happy. It makes all the difference in the world. It's so funny that we're talking about this because I've realized that for me too, you know, that I spent most of my life reacting to my life instead of creating my life. (laughs) I was creating it, but I was creating it unconsciously by the choices I made because they were the only choices I thought I had. And it wasn't until probably it all fell apart in my life that I finally went, Oh, wow. You know, I need to figure out who I am and what it is I want because this reacting is getting old. I mean, it gets exhausting, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and sometimes, um, you know, the results of reacting can, you know, they can bring, um, maybe not huge heartache, but then sometimes, moving through life in that way can really uh, cause you to make some really uh, de- some big decisions that are totally misaligned with who, with who we are. All this to see that that's that exact behavior, um, you know, got me into a situation where I was in a physically and emotionally abusive marriage. And it was a long time ago. It was when I was very young, but still, right. That's that, that the young part is irrelevant. The thing is that I was so disconnected um, with myself and it's kind of like what you just said. I didn't even know that I had other choices. Um, I just kind of looked at things like, okay, Brenda, you really screwed up now. And guess what? You're stuck. And so um, that's been one of my Another, you know, big lifelong lesson as well is that we don't have to stay stuck and that we can make the mistake and that we can forgive ourselves and then say to ourselves, okay, so what do you want to do next? How do you want to fix this? How do you want to show up instead? And so, um, you know, not having the awareness that I didn't have to stay stuck, uh, kept me stuck in a relationship that was, oh, just, it was sad. It was scary. Um, you know, it was, it was a very frightening time of my life until I just had that awakening one day and thought, okay, this is going to be really, really hard to get out of, to undo all of this, especially undoing the patterns in my mind. But Mm -hmm. now I'm aware that I have the ability to make a different choice. 
And you know, Cheryl, that's when I really started to to change my life because I was aware that in order for me to get out of that situation, it was going to be um, scary and hard, and I didn't know how to do it. But what I did know was that I didn't have to live that way, and what I did know was that I could ask Source for guidance. And that's when everything started to turn around because I literally would take one step forward, ask for guidance, take another step forward. That's so interesting. What? Well, first, I just have to tell you how glad I am that you turned that situation into a stepping forward situation instead of a staying stuck situation, because I know people that continue to return to that. It's a pattern. Mm -hmm. And, and the longer they're in it, the longer they're in it. So I know it can be a difficult pattern to break. And I'm glad that you did. What I thought was interesting about looking at your story and looking at my story, because of course, we all live our story, right? We all have Mm -hmm. some path that leads us to this place where something all falls apart, usually. (laughs) And in that point, we make a different choice or not. And I did the same thing and it was just what you said. It's, it's having to get, for whatever reason, we wait till we break down to the point where we have no choice but to ask for help, divine help, and, and then move moment by moment with that help. And isn't it sad that it takes all that to get us to wake up and pay attention and ask for that help? Because it's such a powerful way to live. Absolutely. So you just touched on one of my old sore points. And that was, I would sit here and think like, okay, why did it take me so many years <laughs> to be able <laughs> to figure all of this out? And, you know, now I've, I've healed through that. And I just now understand that it, it, it was, it, you know, I, I've developed a deep respect for timing. And so I don't live in that place anymore of, you know, what well, if I would have known this 10 years ago, now it's more of, okay, I'm respecting timing. This is how it was supposed to be. And I'm, and I'm going to be okay with that. And interestingly enough, so many of the women that I work with, they come to me with that wound as well. It's the wound of quote unquote wasted time. It's the wound of, you know, uh, staying in situations that I know that, that were not good or healthy for me or that didn't make me happy. And yet I stayed and I can really relate to that because as I've already shared, that's been a big part of, of my story as well. But I think that when we can, you know, forgive ourselves and really align with the idea of divine timing, then we can kind of soften uh, that wound and really focus more, begin to focus more on, okay, you're awakened now. What would you like to create? I'm so glad you shared that because it is true. And it, to me, what I've observed is that we stay in the lesson until we really get everything we need from it, right? To, to not have to go back there again. So, or we repeat the cycle in different layers until we're done with the lesson. So, I do believe that all the timing is working out perfectly and there is no such thing as wasted time because we're always, well, I mean, there's even the time that we're unconscious, I guess, of it, that it takes Mm -hmm. longer than it needs to, but even that's okay because eventually we get to where we're going. So I, I do, I'm glad that you share that with women because I do too. It's like, there is no such thing as wasted time. And, and I need reminding of that for myself once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very powerful um, notion because 
I, I feel like that is what contributes to um, women, especially continuing to stay stuck. Right. It's um, yeah. it's the idea of, you know, this is the pattern that I've been in for a long time. I'm older now. You know, my time's run out or, you know, I've messed up too many times. Like I just I hear it all of the time when I'm working with my clients and it's the you know, when we can soften, as I said, soften that wound and just be accepting of what has been, that then then the place that we really want to be in has the energy and the space to emerge. That's beautiful. Well, it's also interesting that we we call it a comfort zone, even when it's uncomfortable. So when we've been in a pattern that doesn't serve us for a while, and we're very accustomed to it, it becomes comfortable, even though it's not happy, not comfortable to move through at times, but it's what we know. It's familiar and we consider the familiar to be a comfort zone. So sometimes it's interesting to see that shift when we finally let go of what we'd come to call the comfort zone. We can discover what real comfort is because we can grow into a place that serves us much better, but it's just reaching that decision, which is unique for each of us in when that happens. You know, I love that you've said that because I know in my own journey and even with the women that I've worked um, worked with, you know, you get to that point where um, so you say, OK, I yes, I'm ready to change. And yet it starts to feel uncomfortable and you start to look at your current situation and say, huh well, maybe this is not so bad, <laughs> right? And so what I find is that um, what's required at that point is courage. Yes. Right. And that's one of the things also that has been so monumental for me is, you know, finding, like we hear about courage all of the time, but it's really being able to find that courage within that deep courage within that uh, no one else can give you. No one can let you borrow it. It's really when you have to just go within and say to yourself, okay, I'm really going to do this because I love myself enough to step out of a situation that I know has not been making me happy. And so it's this deep, sometimes it's a little hard for me to actually articulate it, but it's this feeling place within us that, again, it's, um, it's so, it's so little influenced by any other person. It's just something so deep within ourselves. And I have found that, uh, that it, it's really, it's really going within and then asking for your soul to reveal that courage that you didn't even realize you had. I like that. That's nice. <laughs> it's a really juicy place. Yeah. <laughs> I like to call it a juicy place. Yeah. It's very, it's a very beautiful beautiful, beautiful place. Um, but it just requires, you know, going really deep within and just checking in and, and letting that part of you sort of, you know, break free and really help you influence your next steps because change is scary and change requires courage, but it's not, like I said, it's not like this, you know, passerby kind of, Oh, I'm going to be courageous today. It's really aligning with, um, and, and really coming from a place of self-love because I think that a lot of times, um, you know, women especially would decide that we're going to make a change. And then when it starts to feel scary, then the comfort zone starts to not look as, as bad anymore. Um, but when you really have aligned with love for yourself, 
then you realize that, no, I'm not going to settle for less. And yes, this is the, the journey of the unknown, but I deserve it. I love myself enough to explore the place of the unknown. Yeah. And for me, I love the analogy that I feel like I'm putting my foot out to take a step and there's nothing there when I put my foot out, but I'm trusting enough that it's going to appear if I just step forward. The right next thing is going to appear. And the alternative is more of what I know I'm sick of. So that unknown place, that step will appear. So for me, it's also, it's not just courage and self-love, but it's deep, deep faith that I am always taken care of, that trusting my higher self, trusting my soul, trusting the divine energy that flows through me, that I'm always taken care of. And I need to remember that right now, that if I take that step out, the right thing is going to appear, the right person, the right whatever. I've done all the planning I can, and now it's time to just act and move through that fear, literally through it, because it doesn't disappear. It's just, okay, I'm going to walk through the fear and the step will be on the other side. Yeah, I love that you brought in the trust piece because it's very true. I totally agree with that as well. And and I think that trust also means that you're trusting that, um, because I, I think that sometimes when we're wanting to create change, well, you know, we try to tell source what the next step should look like, <laughs> right? Like, like, okay, this is what I would like to see. Okay. And so trust is really suspending that trust is saying, I don't know what the next step is going to look like. And I'm not going to tell you source, um, what the next step, what I want the next step is to be, but I'm going to trust that whatever shows up, is exactly what I need in my journey. And, you know, it's so easy to say that, Cheryl, right? And that's something that I also struggled with because I um, wanted to be a faithful person. I wanted to be a trusting person. And yet I would find myself, you know, telling God, source, the universe, whatever word you relate to, but I would find myself bossing source (laughs) around, (laughs) you know, like, okay, this is what I need and this is what I want to see. And so when it wouldn't show up the way that I dictated, well, then, you know, I would mm-hmm. go into that whole tailspin of not trusting and this doesn't work and I need to be the boss here. <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> so so that was a challenge for me as well. It definitely takes practice, right, to just really surrender and say, OK, I'm going to trust that the steps are going to be revealed to me and that they're going to be the perfect steps. And so here's what I have found. When we go to that place then it's, we always make the right decisions. Right. And and that was, yeah, that was a huge turning point for me as well, because I felt like in the past I made so many poor decisions. Well, yeah, of course there were poor decisions because they were guided by me. They were um, dictated by me and they were totally controlled by me. And so when I did that enough and I decided that I was just going to, you know, trust and surrender then when I'm in, cause I still go back and forth, you know, I'm human. I, I can still go back to that place where I'm in control. And so when I, when I, when, when Brenda's in control versus, you know, trusting in source, then my decisions are not that great. Right. But when I am allowing myself to be guided and I am in that pure place of trust, all of my decisions are perfect. Yes. 
Well, and it's so funny because we, and I'm the same way. I mean, it is, it's our human side, right? That that thinks we know. We want to think that we know. Our ego needs to think that it's got a lot to contribute, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it's even in subtle ways. So I'll think at a big level, I'm surrendering because every day I show up and give, and give it all up and look for guidance and channel my higher self and all that good stuff. But it's even in the subtlest ways, like think, looking, to pay for something that I think I need instead of just allowing that it could show up or thinking that it needs to happen through a certain person or a certain opportunity when it's going to show up somewhere completely different. It really is the ultimate challenge is to stay out of the way of all of that and just trust that. And, and I'm learning to ask the universe to surprise and delight me in how that shows up. And, yes. and that actually makes life magical again, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and it's a practice, right? It's yes. definitely a practice. I know that um, whenever I'm trying to um, undo a, a certain thinking pattern and learn a new one, like it's just not enough for me to see the thing once or twice. You know, I literally have to practice it. So if there is a new belief that I want to hold and I'm, I'm trying to release a, 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 you know, limiting belief, I literally have to write about it every day, right? So in my journal, I'm just writing about the new belief. And I'm at the same time, simultaneously, I'm letting the old belief go. But, you know, it's just for me anyways, it's always a practice. It's constantly a practice. And so I know, you know, for any listeners out there who are just not feeling um, fulfilled in their current life, it takes practice, right? This is not something that happens overnight. It, it just takes us being committed to a new journey and then asking ourselves, okay, well, you know, what do I need to practice on a daily basis in order to, you know, be this person instead? That's so true. What kinds of things do women show up asking you about most often? Like, do they, do they just show up and say, I want my soul to be happy? Do they even know that's what it is? Or what makes, <laughs> what makes a woman reach out and contact you? What is she looking help for help with? Yeah, I love that question. So it's definitely never, ever, I want my soul to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's never that. It's really interesting. So women come to me because um, they're frustrated because they're, they're trying to reach a goal within their business or, you know, within um, the corporate ladder. And they've been working at it hard for, you know, a year or two. And they're just not uh, moving the way that they that they hoped that they would be moving. Um, you know, women come to me feeling um, very disconnected with who they really are. So uh, they're just uh, going through the motions and sometimes they're moms and they have jobs as well. And, you know, they have completely forgotten who they are. So I would say, you know, in general, those are the two types of women, you know, feeling disconnected from themselves, feeling like they have lost who they really are. They don't even know who they are anymore. And then it's the woman who is really goal oriented. And yet, um, you know, the way that she has been moving through trying to attain her goals is just not working anymore. Right. And so our work is not about, oh, let me show you how to work harder or create better goals. The work then becomes about returning to self, aligning with your soul, understanding what makes you happy 
And then, of course, almost as a miracle, their goals show up the way that they wanted them to. Right. So so the the wisdom with that is that, you know, all of our answers are always within. And when we're going down a road and we keep bumping our head, it's not that, um, you know, that you need to work harder or create better goals. That's just a sign that you just need to turn within and really figure out what your soul is calling for you to fulfill. What is the role of gratitude in this? Is there one? Absolutely. Absolutely, Cheryl. I'm so glad that you've brought that up because, you know, as I mentioned, um, it was my story and it is, you know, almost mirror to mirror the story of the women that I work with. And it's always, um, you know, this notion of I'm unhappy and they're trying to do things to make themselves happier and it's just not working. And so one of the first things that I help my clients understand is the role of gratitude of, you know, how you can learn to be happy in your current situation and be grateful for what you currently have and who you currently are. Right. And then when you can, there's a softening that happens, right? Because when we're, when we feel like we're constantly banging our heads against the wall and not getting to that place or not being who the per not being the person that we want to be, that can be really frustrating. And so there we go again, you're stuck, right? So now right. you're stuck in that place. And so gratitude is one of those emotions that can instantly transform being stuck into just creating the space for the real you to emerge. And so gratitude is one of those uh, things that I, I've studied very deeply in my positive psychology studies. And I've read many, many studies. Um, and it's, you know, I think a lot of people think that gratitude is more spiritual. Gratitude is also very scientific. <laughs> like it's been proven, right, that gratitude can totally change your emotions. And so if we can soften those emotions from frust- from being frustrated into being grateful for who you currently are more than, you know, more than having what you have. It's more about being grateful for who you are in this moment. Mm -hmm. Then again, you're softening the frustration and then you can start to, you'll have the space to really, for the real you to emerge. I'm so glad you shared that. Yes, it's so true. It's, it's the place that it's almost like it takes us to that, inner peace place where we can actually start to get to know who we are and what it is we really want and why we were frustrated in the first place. It's like we have to do that just to come home to ourselves almost, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned the science because I was going to ask you about that because you speak to integrating research-based happiness principles with spiritual practices. So what does that mean to you? What does that look like? Yeah. So to me, that was just, um, you know, I think I, I've been spiritual since I was a little girl, not knowing that that's what it was. Um, but I always, um, you know, I always knew that, um, that I, I had this thing about making my life harder than what it needed to be. But I also, um, you know, I also, if, if, since I was a young girl, I knew that there was something about me that was different 
And I didn't know exactly what it was, but then later on, I figured out that that that's always been a spiritual person. And so that's always been with me. But I think as I, you know, as I started to get older and as I started to question a lot of my emotional and mindset patterns, that led me down to the road of wanting to know why I showed up the way that I did. And so I knew that some of it was like just me repeating patterns that I saw as a child But I was really, you know, Cheryl, I was very, very, very curious about why, right? So, okay, so I understand that I was repeating patterns, but there was a part of me that also said, no, but you don't have to repeat those patterns. You know, you can be different. Your mind can be different. Your emotions can be much more stable than what you saw growing up as a child. And that's what led me down the road of research. And um, I studied positive psychology, still continue to study positive psychology, which is, you know, basically the science of what's right with us versus what's wrong. And it's a science of building more of what is right with us. And so that, um, you know, I was always interested in psychology, but I didn't want to study traditional psychology because traditional psychology studies what's wrong with the brain. And so, yeah. And so I was very much attracted to uh, positive psychology. And, you know, Cheryl, that's really how I was able to transform my emotions and so many of, you know, my limiting beliefs. And for me, that has been monumental because now I've been able to teach my own children and even like my nieces and my nephews, how they can show up in the world much healthier in the mind and in their emotions. That is so powerful. Well, and it's funny because we've learned now that what we focus on expands. We, we're feeding it energy by focusing our attention on it. And so that just makes perfect sense to me that if we focus on what's right with us, we'll have more of that. And why wouldn't we want more of that instead of more of what's wrong with us? Right. 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 Exactly. And, but unfortunately, you know, in so much of our society, um, we, people are focused on what's wrong with them and, you know, all the things that are wrong in their lives. And so Mm -hmm. I find it so interesting that, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of working with women in corporate America, women who are, you know, seven figure business owners and, you know, stay at home moms. And so I've had a range of, of women that I've worked with. And it's still astonishing to me that regardless of their educational level or, you know, what they've done for their corporate success, there's still so much of that limiting mindset. There's still so much of that focusing on what they're not, what's not right within themselves, right? And so that's what leads people to feel unhappy. You know, that fear that we're not good enough, that we're not enough, that there's not going to be enough, that not enough fear thread knows no income bracket. That has boggled my mind too. I've met wealthy people. I've met homeless people. The fears are the same. They're human fears. They're not something that will finally earn enough money or find the right soulmate. Or we think if we, if we do the right something that that'll go away. And that's, I think what we come here to learn as humans is, is how to recognize the truth of ourself through all of those stories, because they're all just stories. Yeah. And you know what, Cheryl? So that is 
what in my work I refer to as being soul happy, mm-hmm. right? So it's not about, um, you know, it's not about money, but it's more about, you know, figuring out um, what really makes you happy, right? So it's a sense of contribution. You know, it's a sense of of loving yourself. Um, you know, that's what I refer to as being soul happy. It's just really being able to go within, figure yourself out, and then bring that out into the into physical form. That's what I call soul happiness. I love it. That's true. And I'm sure you've seen the movie Happy. I went back and watched that again recently because it's been on Netflix. And I just <laughs> love that movie because it doesn't matter. They really find these cross sections of people and what they all have in common is that they're happy. And you notice that they may not, they may not eat anything that looks very good to us Mm -hmm. or live in anything that looks very good to us. But the one thread that they have in common is that they're around people that they love and they get to enjoy the love that they share with these people and that they feel the gratitude for what they have and the contentment around that. And so I think they have become soul happy. Absolutely. You know, that reminds me, uh, last Friday, I had the pleasure of participating in uh, Tim Tebow's foundation. He has, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called A Night to Shine. And what they do is once a year, they put on a prom for special needs adults. And so I had an opportunity to volunteer last Friday. And, you know, I cried so many tears of joy um, being at that event, because here you had uh, so many any people uh, with special needs. And yet, no, they, there were no special needs, right? They were just in joy. They were in the moment. They were loving their lives. They were loving being on the dance floor with their friends. They were loving the dinner that we served them. I mean, it was just like so much joy. And, and all I could think about was, you know what? Our society has labeled this group of people as special needs. And yet, I think that they know something (laughs) that the rest (laughs) of us don't, right? Because they're just walking around in complete, complete joy. Yes. Yes, they are. They're our teachers. We just haven't maybe noticed it yet. Yes. I love that. Well, the time seems to be ticking on by. So I'd like to ask if you have any special events or anything that you'd like to announce. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, I do have something that I would love to share with our audience. And um, so one of the things that I have been able to articulate into written form has been my process really for, you know, going from feeling disconnected and unfulfilled and so on and so on with myself into now really, um, you know, living each day from a place where I'm connected with my soul and I do feel happy and I am human. So I have my days where that's not true, but I have a process that always brings me back no matter what. And so there's seven rituals uh, that I work through every single day. And so I would love to share these seven rituals with our audience. So if you visit uh, my website, essentially soulhappy.com, you will be able to download the seven rituals. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. So we will definitely have a link to that on the podcast as well. So thank you for that. Thank you. We are also working on a program that I'm excited to kind of tease about. And so last week's guest, Julie Archambault, and you and Omkari Williams and I are all working on something, Sex, Money, Politics, and Religion, How to Live Your Truth. And 
We will be piecing more of this together and watch for that this spring. Listen to this podcast for more details. But I'm so honored to be getting to know you and Julie and Omkari better through that. We're having a lot of fun, aren't we? We are having a blast and I am so excited. I think every time that we add another layer to this project, I'm just amazed at what's coming through. So uh, stay tuned, everyone. This is going to be a very special offering. I agree. Well, I like to ask all of my guests if they have a parting thought for us. Yes, my parting thought is to, you know, always turn within your answers are within. I can't tell you what's best for you. Cheryl can't tell you what's best for you. No one can. And all of the answers are within. It just requires for you to uh, get quiet and just really ask your soul what it desires the most. Excellent advice. Thank you so much, Brenda. And I look forward to talking to you again soon as we continue to work on our project. Thank you, Cheryl. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.